This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Touchdown, Kansas City! Maybe the best play yet of Patrick Mahomes' incredible young career! Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. No, I went to Temecula and brought you some dirt. And this is how you use this dirt. No, don't, don't. You do it like this, you get it, you sort of rub it on. Okay, now I'm ready to go. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. And then they get a turn. Uh Seth Madrin to the other end, rises and hammers it home. Everything happening in the sports world. You gotta fight for your right to fight! And even some things not happening in the sports world. I'll probably wrap up in a blanket or something. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, and maybe we could call him Bruce Buffer today. Let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> Steve Sell here in the Sunflower Showdown. Man, do we have a lot of t- a lot to talk about today. McPherson Invitational, we have our full preview. I had it all lined up, ready to talk about. And then came the chair. He's going to hit him with the chair! The stool. Same thing, you yeah, sit in it. That's right. It's not a recliner. Right. But man, what a crazy night in Lawrence last night. And you know what was interesting was... As far as the game itself, and and I, I made the comment last night when I was watching it, Allen Fieldhouse was absolutely dead after five minutes in that game. It was pretty evident that KU, to me, you know, they clearly had the better team. They'd shot out to a big lead. And you know, normally KU, K-State, the, the noise level is just off the chart. It was like the excitement went out of the building 10 minutes into the game. So it was a mundane game. KU, I think, led by 24, whatever. And then the finish, of course, just overshadows, like Coach Bill Self said after the game, we should be talking about Kristen Brown scoring 20 points, having a great night. Yeah. Marcus Garrett doing a great job with his all-around game. But instead, you didn't hear from any players. You heard from Bruce Weber. You heard from Bill Self. And I thought both Weber and Self, I watched the post game on the uh, KU network. I thought they both handled themselves absolutely perfectly. Yeah. Because both of them took, you know, they took their share of the blame. Both teams, both teams were to blame. There is no way that one team is blameless and the other isn't. And that's the odd thing is that, Steve, yeah. you're not really a social media guy, but I, I am. I do not do social media. So and I I've d- got friends on both sides of the spectrum, right? meaning KU, K-State, right. and I'm still kind of the impartial guy. Yeah, I root for both teams to do well, but I don't really have a dog or a cat and or then, a see, bird I'm, in the fight. I'm otherwise because I went to KU, and I can say as a KU alum, I was embarrassed. Some of the KU players did. It was embarrassing. And again, though, K-State wasn't totally faultless in this. Both teams were equally at fault. So Correct. This, yeah. There's The only thing that's different is that Silvio no Sosa. Kansas State player picked up a stool. Yeah. Now, to be fair, 
Silvio de Sosa didn't hit anybody with the stool. Well, he just picked it up and, and looked very and intimidating. In Jaron's Howard, the assistant coach for KU, managed to get it away from him. It was a nice steal by yeah, him. Yeah. So for those of you that didn't watch KUK State, and for those of you that have not seen the footage, KU is up eighty-one to sixty with like three seconds left in the game, maybe more like eight. Yeah. Silvio De Sosa is trying to dribble out the clock. And why is he dribbling the ball? Uh, for that that was probably the, the first problem. Yeah. He's trying to dribble it out, trying to keep the K-State guys off. A K-State player comes in, steals the ball as KU is not going to throw up a shot. And, Steve, you mentioned in your sell on sports, kind of the unwritten rule is, okay, game's over. And I, I don't like the, the comment that I think I saw Bruce Weber make saying, well, if you're expecting them to play to the whistle – then and you get mad about this. Well, the game is over. But Bill Self said Silvio, you know, was dribbling the basketball. He should protect the ball. Well, even right. Though, so I'm not saying that it's his fault for actually stealing it, but everybody, right. he, you shouldn't let him steal it. But that's why at they're the same called time, and that's why they're called unwritten rules. Right. Just take it easy there. It's like yeah. in baseball when you're up 15 to one in the ninth you inning. Don't steal. Something. Don't steal third base. Right. And at the same time, I get you're playing, but at the same time also, just let, let's and, let's make this end. Okay, I did. He got the steal, and then I didn't have a problem with the Sosa blocking the shot because the no. Sosa said, "Well, he's still playing, so I'm still going to play." Right. The problem came when the Sosa stood over uh, the guy. It's like six foot one. The Sosa's like six ten, and you know, the taunted taunting him and taunted him. Okay, it should have just if the officials would have got right in. And, and got it right there. But then you had somebody come off the bench. And the real problem is is that it happened so close to K-State's bench. Right. If this would have happened at half court, I think it's a different yeah, scenario. Yeah, I don't, I don't think this happens. But then James Love, who... Your good friend. <laughs> Cade Kinnaman, former teammate. Yeah. Uh, James Love, uh, what I saw, came off the bench. Well, everybody came off well, the bench. But James Love kind of started, you know... Went after the Sosa. The Sosa reacted, and it was game on after that. And then I thought uh, the chair incident was bad. David McCormick, man, he was throwing some haymakers. I tell you too. what, he thought he was he thought he was Mike Tyson. The guy was just swinging at everything that moved. So there's been no um, game suspensions. Just well, Silvio De Sosa has been suspended indefinitely right. by the KU program. Right. Now after the game. Dick Vitale came out and says, kick him out. You know, kick him off the team. And I, I listened to Jay Williams this morning, who is a former Duke All-American, former NBA player. Jay Williams says, I think people need to take a deep breath and just kind of chill. He says, DeSosa deserves a big penalty, probably 10 games. But he says to end his career is a little excessive. And I, I will preface this with this. There are no legal ramifications for what happened last night. No. Everything was within the game. Now, if Silvio De Sosa had grabbed that chair and, and had it. taken a big swing That's assault. and knocked somebody out, well, assault was what happened as well. But that was still a part of the game. Or, let's say this continued into the stands and Silvio De Sosa, let's say it was in Manhattan, and, or a K-State guy ended up in the KU student section and he starts punching KU students, yeah. okay, then then something different happens. But there are no criminal charges. There's no assault. No, this no. is a part of the game, and sometimes these things happen. Right. Now, it's not very often that you assault 
members of the crowd. And, and when that starts to happen, okay, things well, change. Fortunately, but, it was at the end of the game, and a lot of the people had already kind of headed to the exits. But the thing I'm going to say here is that I, I'm with Jay Williams in saying that I really don't think anybody involved in this deserves to be banned from college basketball, banned for the season. I do think there should be a decent suspension, especially for I'm Silvio DeSosa. I'm saying 10 for DeSosa, and to be honest, I think McCormick gets six. I think David McCormick deserves some as I well. I think he gets probably five or six. And I don't know exactly. James Love doesn't play anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right. And for the other K-State guys, I didn't see anything I did. specifically I didn't with either. one player. I didn't. Other that, than James th- Love. That I went, okay, that guy deserves five. That guy deserves three. And I don't really think the teams deserve any sort of reprimand as well because, let's just face it, sometimes these things happen. Yeah, and you can't blame Bill Self. You can't blame Bruce Weber. They were shaking hands when all this was going on. Bruce Weber had already started with about four seconds left, heading toward Bill Self, you know, for the obligatory handshake and good job, good jobs, good luck the rest of the year, good luck seeing Manhattan. And all this was going on. They didn't even know it. Like Bruce Weber said, they showed a clip last night of when it's going on, and Bruce Weber has his back turned to it. So Bruce Weber did not see anything. And and I was a little, you know, maybe it's just because I've been a sports writer for so, for so long, and there's a lot of these young sports writers trying to make a name for himself. They must have asked Bruce Weber six times if he saw anything. He said no the first time. When is no not good enough? So they said, well, did you see anything, Bruce? Then another one comes back. What was your take on it, Bruce? Did you, did you see any video on it? The guy answered the question. Uh, you know, there, there's so many young sports writers now, and maybe it's just because I'm old school. You ask a guy a question, he answers it, you move on to something else. Steve just picked up a, a soapbox and put it on the ground and stood on it and moved the microphone up and said, I'm on my soapbox, young sports writers. Well, no, I, I just, I watched this, and unfortunately... Sometimes this happens in sports. Sometimes it happens. And let's let's turn it over to Major League Baseball. Oh. Let's say that... Bench-clearing brawls all the time. You have a bench-clearing brawl. What about hockey? Hockey, you're allowed to. Yeah. They just say, okay, here's your slap on the wrist, two-minute minor, go to the box. Right. Five-minute major, go to the box. Right. And they're different sports. But in baseball, these types of things happen all the time. And what's the normal game suspension? You see one, three... Three at the most, probably. It, it, it's not that big of a deal guys it's not that big of a deal now does it look great for either program no well and is it going to be very friendly when KU goes to Manhattan here in a month no it probably won't be real friendly better have the National Guard on standby but sometimes these things happen these are 18 19 20 21 year old men yeah young men that their emotions get the best of yeah and let's face okay Silvio DeSosa has had a bad year. He's his, had a bad three his, years. His, his minutes have gone weight down. He almost never plays. He probably felt, you know, dissed because he was in the game with all the scrubs, the walk-ons at the end of the game. So he's probably not real happy about his playing time. So he, you know, he might have been running a little hot to begin with. And then, of course, KU, with all the stink before the season about potential violation NCAA violations, you know, possible, you know, and it's surrounding who? Silvio De Sosa. Right. So KU's not had a good look all year. And as and I am an alum and I'm a 
You know, I'm a diehard Jayhawk fan. I'm the first to admit it. But, boy, the optics of KU basketball this entire season have not looked good. Started off with Snoop Dogg. Well, Snoop, yeah. Your good pal Snoop. Yeah. D-O-double-G. And for me, Steve, I'm not a fan of either program. But both of these programs are at fault. Whether it was stealing the ball or pushing Silvio de Sosa yeah. for K State, and I'm or sure, whether and it's, I'm sure, and I'm sure, K Staters go back to the Brandon Green incident. You know, when how K- about Cartier Jada last year with the big dunk at the end and of that's, the game? Yeah, that's true. And these happen right. all the time. Right, it's a rivalry. It happens. And There's see, fault on both we've sides. Spent, we've spent eight minutes or so, nine minutes, not even talking about the game. And the fact of the matter well, was... because the game wasn't very fun or competitive. Yeah, the game was just not competitive. This was going to be the biggest yawner of a KU-K-State game I can ever remember. And this the only thing it's going to be remembered for is what happened at the end. That's right. But everybody's at fault. Yep. Just take the blame. Yeah. And I'll say it one more time. Guys, it's, this is not that big no, of a deal. No. Nobody it's got really hurt. not. Nobody got, you know, sent to the hospital. So, and so if somebody says, well, what about the kids? Oh, They're yeah. watching this. It's all well, for the kids. Well, go to bed then. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you can't handle that, then go to bed. Yeah. They'll be okay. It's a bad look for both teams. Let's move on. And and if the five-year-olds start throwing haymakers in the YMCA basketball game oh, on Saturday morning after watching that, well, then it comes down to the parents. Oh, I saw Silvio do it. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, come on, little Johnny. Don't say that. Yeah. So, again, it's not that big of a deal. I didn't think we'd have to spend ten minutes talking about this when we got – first invitational basketball that tells you how severe this incident was last night that's right but steve sell we're going to talk about the mcpherson invitational not only that but we have tickets to give away Ooh, we have four three-day passes we're giving them to just one person today right then we'll give away four tomorrow so you can take your family if you don't have any family, take your friends. Right. If you don't have any friends, then just hand them you off get, to somebody outside t- the door. You get four tickets to do with that, whatever you want. I hope you don't sell them. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know if there's a, a secondary market for McPherson Invitational tickets. Wait, we don't want to see them on Swap Shop tomorrow. I have no. four tickets for five dollars a piece. <laughs> yeah. Give, give me twenty-five bucks. <laughs> okay, Steve. Let's take our first break. We'll talk about the McPherson Invitational next. You're listening to According to Jim, ninety-six point seven FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve Sell, very exciting week. Coming up here Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the 56th annual McPherson Invitational Basketball Tournament. I think that in terms of top to bottom, one through eight quality of McPherson Invitational Tournament field, there are years where it's been better. I think two years ago, the field was really, really strong. Yeah. And I think that this year's tournament field, one through five, one through six, is as good as it has been right. in a decent amount top, of time. The top the top five can stack up with about any year we've had lately because you look at the number one team, Bishop Carroll, right now, you talk to anybody in Class 5A, they are kind of the overwhelming favorite to win 5A. You look at Lawrence Free State, 
They're really good. We've seen Derby. We know how good Derby is. Uh, Derby's only lost two games, and they're the top-ranked teams. And then, of course, the Bullpups played Derby earlier this year. Uh, Blue Valley, the Bullpups' opponent. This is going to be one of the toughest first-round games McPherson maybe has ever played. Uh, they have really uh, – Blue Valley's 5-4, and four, but you look at who they've lost to, they could be 8-1, and 9-0. They've got a 6-7 kid that's already – uh, being recruited Division One that shoots the three ball, six foot seven and shoots the three. That's a pretty interesting combination. And then the one team whom I, I'm leaving out, uh, Free State Derby, Carroll, McPherson, Blue Valley. Okay, that's five. And even Junction City, you know, their record isn't great, but you know they're going to have great athletes. They did the last time they were yeah, down here. And, and they'll be better than their record. Uh, the only two teams that look like they're probably not going to be real competitive are Topeka Seaman and Wichita North, but one of them is going to get their first win of the year. At some week. point. Yeah, because uh, both of them are winless, so they're going to beat somebody. But remember, Wichita North came in here in 2014 as an eight seed, I believe, and beat the Bullpups in the first round. So, in fact, Peyton, I think it was Peyton Hatter, who's now at KW, I think he was one of their good players maybe. Not in 2014. Okay, no, it wouldn't have been him, but – but Wichita North had some good players because I remember they scored like 26 points in the first <laughs> quarter, and the Bullpups had to play catch-up all night. So we're looking forward to this field, and I think when you look at this field coming up starting tomorrow, that McPherson-Blue Valley game is really going to be a shifter in how this tournament goes. Right. Because if you get a McPherson-Bishop-Carroll matchup, this is a, an opponent that they're familiar with. Not that Bishop-Carroll is not maybe the best team in the entire state and certainly in the western half of the state, but McPherson has seen them. They've seen them here at this tournament. They saw them in sub-state last year, and I think it's a team that Coach Kinneman would really like to play because there's a chance you play them again in a sub-state this right. year or at a state tournament, and Carroll is so dissective, and I think that is something that if you haven't played them yet, it's hard to get the grasp of how good they are at passing Cutting, oh, last going year, to the basket. Last year, they they just put on a clinic in the sub-state championship game. They uh, pretty, you know, they kind of took control of that game early, and Bullpups made some runs. But Carroll and we saw them at the state tournament. I thought they were going to win it all. I really did. I was very surprised when they didn't win it. Well, I thought they were the best team. Yeah. In five A last year, I and they were too. up big going into the fourth quarter of their state semifinal Against game, Baser, and it? they lost to Baser Linwood, and so. Everything kind of derailed for them for the rest of the weekend, but I think that Bishop Carroll is going to be one tough opponent. But the Bullpups cannot be overlooking this Blue Valley team that is coming to town. And like Steve mentioned, a ton of talent on this team. They have lost to some really good basketball teams. And remember, they're in the EKL. The Eastern Kansas League continues to produce state championship teams. Blue Valley Northwest, I think, won five state championships in the 2010s. You had Bishop Miege win three or four. You had Mill Valley win one. And I think there are a lot of other teams in the EKL that could have won a state championship Aquinas. at some point as well. Blue Valley West played in a championship game. You have, as well as Blue Valley North, they played in a state championship right. game. Seems a little strange. No Shawnee Mission East this year. Yeah. Uh, no uh, uh, Blue Valley West. You know, they've been staples of this tournament. But uh, they're, they're neither team's in it this year. But we do get to see this Blue Valley team. And oddly enough, Steve, I pulled up McPherson's record against current Eastern Kansas League teams. So teams that are in there now. There might have been a team that was in the EKL at the time, like Gardner-Edgerton, I believe, would have been in the EKL when they mm -hmm. played in like the 2010 state tournament yeah. in the third place Bye -bye. game. 
But the Bullpups are 21-9 and against current EKL teams. And that's saying something because the EKL is no joke, man. And everything right now, they are extremely competitive. And this is a Bullpup team that's going to have to play its best in all three games if yeah. it's going to win the championship. Because this this is a gauntlet. That's what If you go to midkansasonline.com, I've got my preview of the tournament. Uh, Coach Kinneman's comments, he says, whoever wins this tournament, they're they're no they're gonna they have been through a gauntlet because they're gonna have to play three, well in Carroll's case maybe or Derby, two really great teams, and uh, to win the championship. The Bullpups have some pretty staggering numbers in their own tournament. They have won 24 championships in the MIT. They've won four out of the last five. They've finished in second place 12 times. So in 36 out of the previous 55 Invitationals. They have been playing in the last game of the day, which is very, very impressive. They've never played in the seventh-place game of the McPherson Invitational either. Coach Kinneman and his time here at McPherson, this will be, this will be his 25th Invitational. He's 57-15. and 15. They have Not won a, 11 championships. The numbers of this tournament are staggering for how successful this program has been. And in the 60s as well, this team did not get off to a great start at times. In the 70s, they lost some games. In the 80s, they lost some games. But after about 87, right. they've been extremely well, good. They won eight in a row at one point, and it was really interesting. Uh, I'm sure people remember back then, there were a lot of teams that just said, well, maybe we don't want to come to the McPherson Invitational anymore. It's a great tournament, but McPherson wins it every year. And uh, then the uh, uh, the streak ended. The fields have gotten stronger. Let's face it, Shane Bakus. The fields uh, since, are really strong right since now. Since Shane Bakus got his AD, uh, he has really done everything he can to make the fields just incredible, uh, dynamite. Basically, it seems like McPherson is always the smallest school in the tournament. They are by a lot this yeah, year. Yeah, they are by a lot this year. I put together the enrollment numbers. So Wichita North is like the second biggest school in the state. Right. They're at 2,190 students, which means that they are more than three times bigger right. than McPherson. That's three times as many chances to have basketball players. Derby is almost three times bigger. The Bullpups are at 710. The next closest is Topeka Seaman at 1,150 students. So there wow. is a 400 and near 50 student gap. We're the little fish in the big pond. But I think this is what this program needs. Yeah. You need to be able to play some very tough competition. And not that they haven't already. This oh, is, no. You know, I remember I wrote a column uh, before the start of the year. This is the toughest... McPherson High basketball schedule probably in its history. Because you look at the boys, they're going to play number one ranked teams in about every class. You know, 6A, 5A, 4A, 3A. Because we're going to play Wichita Collegiate. They, they, they've been number one in 3A. Kansas City Piper has been number one, one, in 4A. one in 4A. Chance to play Carroll, number one in 5A. Uh, I don't know who's 6 Derby a. has been the number two team in 6A. Derby's been two in 6A. And and you know we could we've already played them could play them again so anywhere anytime any place that seems to be the mantra of McPherson High basketball both boys and girls. So the schedule for Thursday's McPherson Invitational first round games Derby will take on Topeka Seaman that'll be the first game at three and then Lawrence Free State will be taking on Junction City that will be at 4:45 and then it will be Bishop Carroll against Wichita North. 6.30 tomorrow night, and then the Bullpups will take on Blue Valley in the late game. Should be Well, the late game is the feature game, not just because McPherson's in it. It's going to be the most competitive game of the day, and it always is. The 4-5 matchup should be 
the best game of the day because the two teams are right next to each other in the pairings. Well, the Bullpups are trying to keep things rolling here. They have really played some good basketball in the last couple of weeks, but I think this Blue Valley team is going to be as good of a first-round team as they have played in a long, well, long time. they've got a time. kid that's already committed as a junior to K-State to play football. A future Cody Steffelbean teammate. they got a 6'7 kid, like I said. I think was Oak, I, I, I put the list of teams. But I think Oklahoma State's one of the teams that's in on the 6'7 kid. Uh, they've got a How about Iowa? How about TCU? How about Vanderbilt for the six foot seven sophomore Aiden Shaw? Yeah, and then they've got a couple of real sharp shooting sniper like guards, you know, that can really shoot the basketball. I tell you, this is the best five and four team probably in the state. Well, that's what makes the Eastern Kansas League so tough, is that if you put a team with this amount of talent on a lot of schools in the western half of the state. Well, you win a lot of games, but the problem is every EKL school, every Sunflower League school well, has this quality of athlete. I can remember one year in volleyball, Bishop Mies was like the eight seed because they just spent the year playing all the best teams they could find. St. James. From the, they find, well, they found the best teams in Missouri. They came in, they were like, I think they only had like 11 or 13 wins and ended up winning state. So just shows the competition they play up in the EKL. It'll be a really fun week. Should really be. fun week of basketball. Yeah. And we will have all sorts of coverage. Steve will be posting all the game stories. I'll have stories. a story on every game at midkansasonline.com. And maybe we can get up to 30,000 hits. Who knows? Woo! Wouldn't that be something? I would be so excited. Jerry, I don't even know, Jerry I don't even know what we'd do. <laughs> I'd, I'd cry. I'd jump for joy. I'd run in circles. That's right. Now, Steve, the moment we've all been waiting for. Okay. We have four tickets to give away to the McPherson Invitational. Okay. Third caller, 620-241-1504, and you will win four tickets to go to all three days of the McPherson Invitational. Okay. Not just one game. You can okay. go to all three games. So we'll take a break. We will take this call again. Four tickets to the McPherson Invitational. Every single game you can go to. Three. Call us now, 620-241-1504. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE, a big congratulations to Fuzz McVicker, our winner of the four tickets for all three days of the McPherson Invitational. And, and, and it was like 25 people called within about 30 seconds. It's crazy. Yeah. I guess a few people listen, or I yeah. think that they just want the prizes. They don't yeah. care about you and I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it We're just... giving away a Carnival Cruise. Yeah. That could get somebody to listen. Yeah, but we'll be giving four more tickets away tomorrow. That's right. We'll give them away tomorrow, and so that way everybody will at least have one more chance yeah. in order to win some tickets, but it should be a really fun three days of basketball. Speaking of three days of basketball, the girls' tournament next week, Mid-America Classic, that bracket came out today. The Bullpup girls are the number one seed. They will take on Ulysses in the first game. If they win that, they would play the Wichita Northwest Wellington winner. On the other side of the bracket, Shawnee Mission Northwest takes on Shawnee Mission South, and Olathe South takes on Manhattan. And, boy, our friends out of Kansas City are very upset they about are the happy. seeding today. They're all messaging me and not happy, and I can tell them all it's not my fault. That's right. You don't do the pairings. McPherson and Shawnee Mission Northwest had the same record. 
McPherson is the defending champion. It's their tournament, and they should have the right to, uh, you know, do the bracket the way, you know, pick it the way they want to. Well, the bracket goes off a record. Right. And some people have not been very happy about that. Right. So I'll tell them to just leave me alone. Yeah. Stop messaging me. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Let's face it. The odds are pretty good they're going to play in the finals anyway. So well, I say the same thing sometimes. If somebody calls and says, oh, this song's not very good. Why are you playing this? I'll say, well, change the channel. Yeah. Listen to what you want to listen yeah, to. Yeah, just turn that one off, then turn it back on. If you don't like a tournament, yeah. then don't go. That's right. <laughs> you don't have to go. Yeah. So You can sit at home and rest up. Yeah. And you know I'm a big fan of resting up. But our guy, Carol Swenson, he wouldn't like that. No. Our Optimist guys, they run the best girls tournament yes, in the entire do. state. Well, the, you know, I've... I've been around 41 years. Well, actually, 45 years. I thought you've been around like 85 years. I've been years. around. I've actually been doing sports for 45 years. I used Are you to, 90 yet? No. I used to go to the Interstate Classic at Coffeyville, and it had nothing on the McPherson Invitational. I mean, uh, it's a media-friendly tournament. It's a fan-friendly tournament. Uh, it's in the greatest, played in the greatest gym in the state of Kansas. And uh, 56 years old for the Invitational. 25 for the girls. And That's I can, right. I can remember when the girls' tournament started because I was on the committee, uh, the original committee that founded the game. I think it was Grandpa Danny. Yeah, I'm sure he was there. Grandpa Danny was there. Johnny Sunshine. Uh, Scott Schaefer, the girls' coach. Was Bob Baldwin Dave Chartier, Bob Baldwin, oh, yeah. myself. All our people. Yeah, so I think it was the six of us that kind of, you know, at least we kind of got the uh, ground, you know, the floor plan uh, put down. And the tournament's just gotten better every year. Should be a fun McPherson Invitational starting tomorrow. Should be a fun Mid-America Classic. Busy time, Steve. Yep, it is. And again, midkansasonline.com. I'll have stories after, if you give me about 25 minutes, 30 minutes after every game. And you've got a preview up now. Yeah, I've got a preview up on the Invitational. And then, of course, we'll do the same thing. We'll do it all over next week. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.